very first podcast for Travel with Wendy. Yay! I am happy to have my good friend here, author, speaker, avid adventurer, Bruce Martin. Thank you for having me. You make me sound like really exciting. Well, good friend too. Yes. We've known each other for quite a long time. A long time. So I'm super happy to have you here. Thank you. And today we're going to talk about Born to be Wild. Very cool. I'm excited. Yeah, super cool. You've got a bunch coming up. Yeah, I've got like, gosh, 10 trips planned right now. So like eight in the spring and then a couple this summer. Tell me a little bit about it. When did it start? I started it back in 2003. And it's interesting, the whole way that that got started was, I've always loved the outdoors. So I was always hiking, but most of the stuff that I did was car camping. Then in 2003, I did my first backpacking trip with a buddy of mine, Mark Booth. And I just loved it. And about the same time, I was reading a book by John Eldridge, uh, Wild at Heart. And it just all came together. And I'm like, my goodness, what a great place to do discipleship. More people, more and more people need to get outside away from cell phones and technology and everything that kind of surrounds them. And there's nothing like an immersive environment when you take people out into the wilderness, away from all the trappings of normal life. Mm -hmm. They can really hear the voice of God in a unique way. And they connect with other people in a unique way. So I started my first trip in the fall of 2003 and had 30 people, which is way too many. I don't (laughs) do trips. That's too... Oh my gosh, not only that, but it's, it's too hard to keep track of that many people. So we divided up in like three groups of 10 each. It was crazy. But that's how it got started. I only did six. Six to eight people on my trips. Good call. I tried to do 30 to 60 one time and I just no. about lost my mind. Yeah, my, group, the, my favorite group size is about 12. So 12 to 15 would be a normal size group. When they're a little smaller, it's a lot of fun because the group can be, get, become a little more intimate, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. But I've learned to max it out. Like 15 is the max I can have out there. Otherwise, I lose my mind. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. So, okay. Um, where have you hiked most recently? Most recently. I was just thinking about that. Waya Bald. So it's in the Nantahala National Forest and it's oh, on the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have Waya Bald and you have Wester Bald and both of them have these kind of iconic fire towers that you can actually go up in. One's a stone fire tower that you can go up in and see incredible views. And then the Wester Tower is one of the older metal frame ones with a wood platform oh, yeah, up yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. But when you get up there, the views are just amazing. Really? So that was the most recent one that I've done. Yeah. Did you need um, hiking poles and stuff? Oh yeah. I always use hiking poles. So a lot of people, even when I, I did a training hike yesterday for a group that we're taking out in a couple of weeks, but I always tell them. Where was tra- that? We did that up on uh, the Huntsville Land Trust there yeah. at Bankhead yeah. Parkway yeah. and just took them on the old railroad bed trail. Yeah. I love that trail just because it's historic. But I was explaining that trekking poles, they're great for, you know, helping balance when you're going downhill and mud and all that. But I love them best for going uphill because yeah. it makes you a quadruped. Yes. So your arms are literally pushing about 30% of your weight and your legs are doing about 70%. And it's, it makes a big difference when you don't have poles because your legs are doing 100% of the work. So I've always got hiking poles no matter what the conditions are. Okay, so hiking pole tip would be to get poles that... Uh, get them sized for you to begin with. So an idea of, of how to size them, because I don't like adjustable poles for this reason. Okay. Almost all the adjustable poles... If you're on a long trip, they start losing adjustment. Ah, okay. So they slide and slip. So right. I have poles that, that break into three sections. They're, it's all connected, but it's one size. So when you're standing up and you're getting ready to hike, you want your elbows just slightly lower than your hands. Okay. And that, 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 that way you know this is the pole height the, that I need. And then it's best, like Black Diamond has them, you can buy them in exactly that size. If That's you awesome. use the trekking poles that are adjustable, make sure it's the clip lock ones, okay. not the twist ones. The okay. twist ones inevitably go bad after about a year. The clip locks a little better. Very cool. Yeah. Super cool. We'll have the uh, link for that. That's a good idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So how many days and nights are your trips? 
So two to seven days. So the two-day trips, those are those are called backpacking 101. Mm -hmm. So I take people out that have zero experience in backpacking. Some of them have zero, zero experience in hiking. Most of them rent equipment for me for those kind of trips. But this is just really an overnighter. I'll take them places like Walls of Jericho, okay. where you kind of go in. It's a three-mile hike in. You see the waterfalls. We make camp that night. Then get up the next day and then hike back out. So it's very doable. The whole thing takes about 24 hours. That's on a Saturday, Sunday. And then when I go on the Appalachian Trail, it's typically three and four day trips where we're out there three days, two nights or four days and three nights. And that way people get a little more of the, what I call the rhythm of the trail, which I just love. And then I do some epic trips that are seven days. Okay. So that's a week on the trail. So seven days, six nights, which I thoroughly love because your group really connects yeah, obviously yeah, on trips like yeah. that but there's something about being out there that long it's like a reset Wendy mm -hmm. you know because it, it takes several days just to detox yeah. from kind of city life if you will but when you get outdoor yeah when you get outdoors <laughs> for like a week yeah it's amazing what yeah. it does in terms of resetting you know your system your mind and all do you that. have a favorite place oh absolutely the high Sierras of California yeah yeah I've done I've hiked out there every year since 2007, except for one. Do you have the same starting point? No, no, I'm all over. So the Sierras, there, you know, I did a 460 mile trip two years ago Whoa. in the Sierras. That was six weeks. Okay, and I'm super so, jelly about that. Yeah, so we we started up in the immigrant wilderness and came through Yosemite, and we went through like seven different wilderness areas. I mean, it was amazing, in, including saw some incredible iconic stuff on the John Muir Trail. Did, did the entire John oh. Muir Trail. Uh, but the Sierras by far is my favorite. Okay. So that's a trip that I'm planning this year in July, July 18 to 25. Okay. Take a group into the Sierras and let them experience what I've grown to love. And, and where can they find out information? They'll find it out information on my website, borntobewild.net. Born, the number two, bewild.net. Okay, cool. We'll talk about that again. Cool. Okay, so what are some of the challenges that people face or have faced on the trail? Yeah, weather's usually your big one. So yeah, what I tell people is just be prepared for adventure. You know, you never know quite what you're going to get. When so rain gear. Oh, you always have to have rain gear. So if you're going in the mountains, even if it says there's a 0% chance of precipitation, <laughs> take rain gear. Yeah. Because it, particularly if you have lightweight rain gear, the mountains, it just changes everything. There's, yeah. there's precipitation going on all the it's time. It's that way in the Alps, too. So <laughs> last year we had a four-day trip uh, in the Appalachian Trail coming by the Elk River. And I, literally, I had five ladies and two men on that, on that trip. It rained four days straight. And listen, we had a blast. Because <laughs> part of what you'll learn on the trail is your attitude, your mental state affects how you feel about everything. So I literally had everyone singing the Lego song, the Lego movie song, Everything is Awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trained them on that. So every time we're hiking in the rain or setting up in the rain, I'm like, everything is awesome. Let's sing it. And everyone just, everyone will tell you. In fact, they gave me five-star reviews at the end of that. We're oh, like, this awesome. was a great trip, even yeah. though it rained. Yeah. For four days so but that wasn't the worst the worst was march of 2018 where i literally had 21 people out there which is which is more than i like to have out and we had an ice storm on the first day we literally when we got out of the buses you know because we were being shuttled up to this trailhead there's six inches of snow on the ground and it's blowing like whiteout conditions oh. so we hike in that for about three hours and then about five o'clock we're getting coming into camp it's 20 something degrees and it starts raining so everyone's hair is Freezing. I mean, literally, like we're like one lady looked like the ice princess. People are setting up their tents, you know, and they literally the next morning we had like a half inch of and ice. Meaning to frozen. Oh yeah, I went to whole new meaning to breaking down camp because yeah, yeah. you're literally. Oh gosh. And then the next night we thought it was going to get better. We hiked out of the ice storm. It was beautiful that day, but then we got to the next camping area. It was gorgeous, and the wind started. Oh. 
And by seven o'clock, it was blowing at 40 and 50 miles an hour. I was like, flee to the tents. And it dropped down to 20 degrees again. Oh, God. So, so what? that was challenging. Did, did, did they finish? Did you finish? Uh, well, that was the only trip that I've ever taken uh, that I've had to get people off the trail. I had five people that did not, weren't able to continue on that one. Uh, two were, we, they, they didn't have everything on my gear list. And so clothing wise, I, I give everyone a gear list. You really gotta watch that carefully yeah, because yeah. Uh, even if you're pretty used to the outdoors, when you get serious, crazy conditions like that, there's certain kinds of gear, you know, puffy jackets and other things that you've got to have. Uh, I had two folks that were just really just not physically prepared for the challenge. That first day just kind of wiped them out. And then one person in the ice storm had fallen and kind of blew out their knee. Yeah. So, but that, I mean, that's rare, yeah, but you yeah, asked yeah. about, you know, some of the worst conditions yeah, yeah, we've had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. a lot of the, but most of the time, most of the time, yeah, it's yeah. just a lot of fun. You might get yeah. rain. Uh, well, I, love I love it when you get you snow. Training, I do um, training, training hikes. hikes too, right. So that, that kind of, so what I do is I go through all of my gear and actually physically take it out of my backpack yeah. so people can see, here's what you need on the trail. And then I tell them, you know, if there's something you don't have, holler at me. Because, okay. you know, you, you can borrow that stuff from me. Yeah. Some people don't have any gear, and so they rent an entire set of gear, which yeah. they can do for 100 bucks Instead of going out and spending oh, 500 to to $1,000, totally cool. yeah. literally, I will set you up with everything that you need for, for a very successful hike. Because backpacking gear can get kind of expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if you want the Gucci kind. If you want the Gucci <laughs> kind, yeah. I don't use any of the Gucci stuff. No, no. But, you know, minimally, when you think about a backpacking trip, uh, a day hike, you can just go out. If you've got trekking poles and some water, you're good. Yeah. When you think of backpacking, you, the basics, you have to have a backpack. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to have a tent. you got to have a sleeping bag and a sleeping pad. The pad's very important. I've had people that just brought a sleeping oh, bag yeah, out, yeah. but they don't realize how much cold comes up from well, the ground. And you got the roots. It's not the just rocks. the hard surface, <laughs> but you'll get a lot of cold from the bottom. So you have to have a tent, sleeping bag, sleeping pad, and something to cook with. Oh, yeah. You know, so, yeah. and you don't, and that's not a must for some people because they'll just bring, you know, bars and uh, protein bars and stuff like that. But I don't want to eat berries and twigs while I'm out there. Yeah. I want to eat good. <laughs> yeah. So I put together food kits for everybody when you come I on a trip. Some pretty rocking uh, recipes now. Oh my goodness. I've got amazing, <laughs> on my 460 mile eggs, trip, right? <laughs> I do now sometimes. Really? Yeah. Because, do they make it? oh yeah. Yeah, they got you got little plastic carriers you can put them in now. So you can save everything. But literally on that six week trip that we did in the Sierras, yeah. we learned how to make backcountry bread, starting with just flour and yeast and, and warm water. It's so cool. It was amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I've got some amazing recipes. So when you go on a hike with me, you're gonna eat good. Okay. So if it's two day right. or a week long, you're gonna yeah. eat good on that trip. Well, I've heard that you should have like the calories and a half on just like one day of hiking because you will you burn a time. Burn it, especially if you're going up like the meters and then down the meters. Right. So if a person's, I don't even know what average intake is for for yeah. a person, but I give you thousands and thousands of them because you will burn it fast yeah. uh, out there. So we make sure that everyone's got plenty of food, and then I encourage them to bring some snacks, high protein snacks or high sugar snacks. <clears throat> the sugar gives them some energy, like when you're going up a long uphill. But then for recovery, you've got to have protein because right. you've got to, your muscles have got to have something that helps them kind of restore and rebuild overnight. Yeah, yeah. So how do you plan a trip? All right. So if a person's wanting to go backpacking, there's a couple of things you got to think about. The first, uh, the number one step in leave no trace is plan and prepare ahead, which is a big deal. So uh, you want to look at what are the, what's the trail that I want to do? And the mm -hmm. great thing about the internet is you can get research done very quickly. So you go out there and you look at potential trails that you want to hike on, and then you download some maps because okay. you're going to have to be able to look at mileages and stuff like that. How far do you want to go each day? You got to look at the logistics of, is there a place to park? Can I park my car at the trailhead? Like sometimes when you're on the Appalachian Trail, you're going to start here, but you're going to finish 20 miles later. So you got to think about a shuttle. 
who can get me do a shuttle. Do your hikers meet you at a certain point, or do they meet you here in some Huntsville? Of, some of them meet me in Huntsville, and then we work out kind of carpooling together. Okay. But my kind of my job takes uh, takes on when you get to the trailhead. Okay. So I help okay. you. Once we get to the parking area, I work out shuttling. So if we have to have a shuttle that gets us back from the destination to the trailhead and stuff like that, I handle all of that. Uh, but then they got to think about camping areas. So where are we going to camp? And how far is it between camping areas? And does it have enough room for my tent? If it's raining, do we want to look at a shelter area? So those are the kind of things that I look at for people ahead of time. And then when you look at a camping area, uh, you have to look at water. That's hugely important because you're out in the backcountry. There's not like water available. So you got to have a water filtration system, but you also have to make sure that there's different places along the way that you have water. So when I plan a trip, I'm looking for all the water sources, not only along the trail, but at different camping areas because you don't want to get dehydrated out there. Right. So that's kind of the logistics of how a trip works out. I remember when I did um, Sips or something with, with um, Jan. Yeah. When she was doing um, the Born Girls. Yeah. Um, girls and, Gone Wild. Yes. Girls, <laughs> <laughs> well, not that one. Not that one. <laughs> but the, um, she had this. Uh, water filtration purification kit too mm-hmm. she was showing us all how to do it and we were very grateful yeah water's a big I, I deal I want to say it was like June or July in Alabama and we really That's hot. needed it oh yeah you're going to have to have water big time <laughs> so you are also a public speaker yes let's talk a little bit about that I love it you yeah. know I had a great talk with you a couple of weeks ago yeah. and you were asking about what I'm passionate yeah. about love what I do with Born to be Wild because yeah. I love the outdoors and I love to take people out there and experience adventure and I love the connection with God and others but my number one love really is speaking yeah. so and I've been you know I've been a speaker for gosh 25 years now absolutely love it uh, so just joined the National Speakers Association in the last Yay. month or so I've been doing this for a long time and I'm like you know I need to step up my game just a little bit so cool. Um, so yeah, I'm doing that too. So tell me, what do you ha- have coming up? Well, a lot of things coming up right now. So at my other website, so this mm-hmm. is brucewmartin.com. You can see I've got a whole speaking calendar out there. Uh, but one of the, the big things that I'm doing that I'm excited about speaking this year is a Scars of Hope tour. Uh, it's a keynote address that I've done seven times now in different places. And it's one of those things, Wendy, that God just uses in a powerful way to really heal people awesome. from the scars of their past. You know, and, and in that talk, I just talk about how God can use those things in profound ways, not only to heal you, but to, to heal others. So next year, I'm planning to be, I'm hoping to be, in 20 cities. Well, now it's this year. So this year, in 20 cities, to give that keynote address. That's uh, so, so I've got two people locally that have already signed on for that, one in February. The other one will probably come in August. Okay. But I'll keep my website updated so people okay. can kind of see where I am. Uh, I've got several several events in Michigan this year and then in Wheaton, Illinois, in the middle of the summer as well. Okay. Well, that's Illinois pretty nice in the summer, I guess. I think it's going to be hot. This is up in the Chicago area. So, I, I mean, I don't know what to expect. It's like it's like the end of July, 1st of August. So I'm thinking it's going to be warm. That's just me, though. Yeah. Okay. And you are an author? I'm an author. So, and you're working on another book? Yeah. So my first yeah. book, Desperate for Hope, yeah. that came out in 2012. That was published by Baker Publishing Group. And that's just been great. You know, it's helped a lot of people over the Thank you. Yeah. Um, and I still get emails, you know, to this day. People going, hey, I just read your book. Thank you so much. This particular thing uh, helped me. So, But I'm working on two other projects right now. One is a, I'm um, co-writing it with my brother. It's called Unlearning Poverty. Oh, and this is kind of the journey of 
With Roger. With Roger, yeah. Excellent. And what we learned or really unlearned about working with the poor, you know, we, we had moved a church that I had planted in 2010. We moved it out of a suburban area and moved it into an urban area, and really the, the fourth poorest, poorest zip code in the state of Alabama. Right. And we thought we knew kind of what we were doing and we're going to help people. And, and there was just so much, Wendy, that we had to unlearn in that process. Yeah, and so this yeah. book is really the 11 chapters that I've written so far, are really the 11 things that I did wrong <laughs> in the process. But you know what they say, you learn more. Well, you do. And the, the other, on the other side of it, we realize there's, there's some things that our neighbors that are struggling in vulnerable areas, they have to unlearn if they're going to escape the grips of poverty. So we're going to talk about both of those. My brother is talking about it from living in the neighborhood because he lives right there in 35805. I'm talking about it from the perspective of a person who lives outside the neighborhood, but is coming in and building relationships and working with people. Yeah. And then the third project, uh, which I've been working on the most this year, which has been interesting, is called This Changes Everything. And I'm basically taking the four teachings of Jesus about everything. He says, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. He says, unless you give up everything, you can't be my disciple. He says, so in everything, treat others the way you want to be treated. And then he says, everything is possible for him who believes. And so I'm taking those four teachings, and I'm going to talk about how literally embracing those and living those out begins to change a person's life. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it's not really a memoir, but it's my story. Yeah. I want to talk about how God used those four things, the four teachings of Jesus about everything, to radically change me uh, from a person that was just out in the marketplace and very materialistic and money-driven to becoming a preacher who planted several churches here in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's I'm excited about that, as you can tell. Yeah, no, but that's super cool. Thank you. You know, love God, love others, and expanding on that. Yes. Super cool. Well, yeah, when you think about everything that Jesus taught, that can be overwhelming. Right. But you can simplify that to yeah. love God, love people, okay? Yeah. And those two really can't be separated. No. Because you can't really love God if you don't love people. Well, and everything kind of falls in place. Yes. Those two things. It does. And I realized yesterday I was reading in John 14, and I realized that if you're thinking, well, I can't remember everything Jesus taught, yeah. no problem. Because yeah. Jesus says, I want to send you a counselor, the Holy Spirit. He'll remind you of, there's the word again, everything. Yeah. That I've taught. I'm like, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. That so, is. You're working, you're working on that. You've got, you've got tons of hiking. A lot going on this year. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Tell me a little bit about your counseling. Yeah, that's been the most interesting thing in the last three years. Since I haven't been a full-time pastor, you know, I was kind of looking at a lot of different things that I could do. And that's one of the things that the Lord just sort of created for me was counseling. So it started with four or five people a week, and then it got to be seven or eight people a week, and then I got wow. an app, a, literally a booking app changed everything. Because okay. a lot of times when you're trying to see a doctor or a counselor or whatever else, it just becomes very difficult back and forth with emails and phones. So an app allowed people just to go online, they can see my schedule, they can mm -hmm. just pick an appointment and jump in there. Oh, yeah. So you know, this summer I was averaging 12 to 16 appointments a week. Oh, which was wow. a little bit crazy. So I do my counseling. All the counseling that I do is yeah. gospel-centered counseling. I'm not a licensed professional counselor. I'm not a therapist. But I help people work through relational issues, spiritual issues, do a lot of marriage work, okay. uh, which I absolutely love. You know, Marlene and I have been yeah. married for 36 years. Well, and we've learned a lot of things the hard way. Yeah. There you go. And marriage stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I, counseling is three day times, typically, typically three days a week. So okay. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because on the weekends is where I do the born wild trips or the speaking. Okay. And so everything can be found on your website though. You the can, hiking, yes. the counseling, the books. So it's two different websites, yeah. but they link to each other. Yeah. So a person can go to borntobewild.net 
uh, born the number two bewild.net and then you'll see a little thing that says Bruce W. Martin and when you click to that it'll take you to everything about my speaking everything about the counseling stuff like that okay so you can get to everything from one place very cool so as a serial entrepreneur like yeah. myself what do you got going on what else yeah so my new thing it's interesting <laughs> that we're having this podcast thing going on right now uh i've been for years people have been telling me bruce you need to do a podcast you need to do a podcast so i'm like all right 2020 so i've got a conference call coming up with a podcast producer editor person yeah uh, it's supposed to be later today we'll okay. see and the goal is to possibly start podcasting February. Fine. So about a month out from now, something like that. Fine. And so Fine. I'm already doing a blog, you know, once a week yeah. right now, which is called a word for the week. But I thought, hey, if I added to that a podcast, so yeah. I'm talking about that word for the week and they can read it as well. I don't know. It's just an idea. Will you have a YouTube channel? I'm working on that too. I have one right now. It's only got two videos on it. So the <laughs> idea with the, even with the podcast would be that we're going we're gonna to videotape it at the same time. So people can listen to it on a podcast, but they can also see it on a YouTube channel. That way I'm sort of knocking out two birds with one stone. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited yeah, I about I always it. love seeing what you've got going on. And, oh, well, yeah. I love seeing what you've got going on. <laughs> the only person more busy than me is Wendy. No, no. But I love it, you know. I know you do. There's two speeds. <laughs> on and off. <laughs> I have two speeds. Fast and faster. Being my first podcast thank you for having me on the inaugural travel with yeah, windy podcast it's it great to begin with you and highlight everything you're working on super cool very fun so i will see you on the trails sounds good okay thank you lady thanks